Um, for those who don't know me, and there's, and there's always a few, uh, my name's Ben, <laughs> Diane does, <laughs> so I uh, don't know if that's a good laugh or bad, but my name's Ben, and uh, if I go back to 2010, uh, my wife Claire and I founded what's become kind of God Central Church, and um, you know, it was very much in response to God speaking to us, uh, and one of the ways that we, that we started things was uh, by praying, by fasting, by seeking wise counsel, by reading the Word of God, um, and determining as best we were able that this was the will of God and not a crazy idea. Um, and uh, what that basically means is that, that, that many of you are here probably as a result of prayers from ourselves and others in that season and subsequent prayers because uh, the, 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 the quote which we anchored ourselves in on week one from John Wesley is that God does nothing except in response to believing prayer that actually prayer underlines and roots everything. Um, and so literally, uh, I don't know who you have to blame for being here, but you can blame someone for probably praying, <laughs> but, give great, but give gratitude to God also for orchestrating the paths, because we do believe we are more together than apart, that you know, there's a blessing in being part of community, in just getting time to, to build one another in the faith. And uh, if I go back to the start of our prayer series, uh, we started by saying, you know, that, that, that God's plan was always to display his glory, his majesty via the church. That it wasn't an afterthought. You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, plan B, plan C, or whatever else. That, that his plan has always been to display his glory to the whole nations through such as you and I. And so when you look around the room, You've got to take a bit of that glory, a bit of what God's doing is in front of us. And uh, so far in our prayer series, we looked on week one at prayers of intercession, just leaning into God. Uh, we looked last week at prayers of declaration, of telling God how great he is. Um, and today we're going to look at prayers of devotion, uh, which is a, is a more difficult one in many ways, because the word devotion gets merged with the word devotions. And the, and the two have different backgrounds. A few of them I was chatting with a setup team, actually. I've had the privilege of teaching English for the first time in, in a little while. And I'm quite liking it, actually. So, so uh, Louisa thinks you're just going to get a load of breakdowns of different word types and stuff. I promise that won't be the case. But I am loving the, the English language and the way it comes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's really irritating. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll go to... Now it's now in my eye. Uh, just think... <laughs> Thankfully, we're not live streaming anywhere because <laughs> this would now be getting a lot of hits for a lot of comedy. But um, the word devotion, um, let's cover off the other one. The word devotions is what we link to a lot, is the one with religious connotations. It talks about, you know, times, readings, plans. And, and I know loads of you who I do know within God Central, we do devotions. Do you know what I mean? You know, we've got the UCB ones on the back there, not the be or an end all. I know some of you follow other scholars and pastorals. Devotions it, uh, are not unique to the Christian faith, but certainly in the Christian faith are something which really does build us and are good, and, and I'd encourage. But, uh, but the word we're looking at today the word devotion hopefully will come up and I nicked this from the Cambridge Dictionary uh, I, was, I went to the Oxford Dictionary and then something in me said well Cambridge is more local so, so, so I just changed and, uh, and I don't know why it may not come up um, but it says it says devotion it means loyalty and love or care for someone or something okay it will come up in a minute I hope uh, and then I've got two little quotes that come from the dictionary 
uh, which says he inspired respect and devotion from his pupils. I like that one, being a teacher, that there was an illustration there from, from the Cambridge Dictionary, uh, ascribed to teachers. There we go, we're here. Um, and at the bottom it said she'll be remembered for her selfless, unstinting devotion to the cause. So devotion uh, is, is different, but it implies a sort of loyalty, care, love, commitment, respect, ongoing and so I broke it down into two categories on the next slide that we're going to look at this morning. Um, and we could have taken it in many, many, many ways, but I felt with, you know, 20 minutes, we'd just keep it to two bits. So the two bits we're going to look at are prayers to God containing loyalty, love, care, and respect. Okay? And then prayers to God for his kingdom. Okay? So let me go over them again because we're going there. I'm struggling on technology, I think. Uh, we've got prayers to God containing loyalty, love, care, and respect, and prayers to God for his kingdom. Um, and we're going to root this in one of the most famous psalms. Okay, so it's not going to be Psalm 123. We're going to go to Psalm 139, okay, which many, many of you will know. But if you want to turn there, we're going to read uh, the entire psalm. And we're going to use what an English teacher called emotive language. Okay, Lee likes that. So, if, I mean, Lee's good books. That's, that's always a good place to be. <laughs> okay, but Psalm 139, and we're going to read it. And just listen, read it again, and just think of the words. Because this is coming from David. I'll illuminate that a little bit later. But just see where your heart picks up on this. Okay, so I'm going to read, uh, and we'll go from there. So... O oh Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me and light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my most inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame, it's not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them had come to pass. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? and abhor those who rise up against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, 
and lead me in the way everlasting. <laughs> Let's just pray. Father God, <laughs> thank you for your word. <laughs> Lord, thank you that you speak to us today. <laughs> Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, would you illuminate your word to us? Would you captivate us with who you are this morning oh God that we would be commissioned afresh that we would gaze and see and then go and tell of the good news that Jesus Christ left heaven came to earth died in our place and is now risen again father God thank you that you are our good father and Lord we trust in you we say this morning would your words be magnified and would Ben Clark's fade away Lord, would, would what is eternal find root and grow mightily? And what is of man be gone by the time we leave this building? We ask all that, that Jesus would be glorified and we, your people, would be edified. In the beautiful name, amen. 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 Okay, so fabulous, fabulous psalm. And uh, it's really well known. Uh, I'll throw a bit of background in just for those who, who aren't aware. It's written by a guy called King David. Uh, and King David features quite a lot in the Old Testament. That's the first bit of the Bible uh, before Jesus comes to earth. And King David, he starts his life as the youngest son of a man called Jesse. Um, and uh, he's the one in the Bible that, that tells us that dad forgot about him. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, someone comes to, to visit the family to anoint a future king. And dad forgets about him. So it's not a great start, okay? It tells us that David used to look after his father's sheep, you know, which was a lowly position. But it tells us that he did so with integrity and was prepared to fight both a lion and a bear, okay? Uh, if we fast track, uh, we can get to the bit that we probably do know David about, um, which is uh, a battle scene. So if we fast track, we'll get to the point where Israel are locked in battle with, with a, another country uh, and they're up against the Philistines. And there's a Philistine there called Goliath who is taunting the people of God. And he's ridiculing them. He's making fun of them and he's making fun of, of God, their God. And uh, if we fast track again, the insult to God, David couldn't bear. And so fast tracking again, he goes to fight Goliath. But what happens is, he doesn't fight as a trained soldier. But he fights as a servant of God. He's not dressed for battle, as you and I would expect him to be dressed for battle. But he is dressed in the presence of God. In unity with God. And to fast track again, God gives him an amazing victory. Which, we know, which you may well know about. And thereafter, there was a period of working in the royal household. You'd think everything goes great from there. You know, he had a chance of leading armies, growing in popularity, until we have a jealous king who didn't like him anymore. And so the jealous king puts a bounty on his head and he has to flee for his own life. And then, fast-tracking again, you know, we get to a point where the king is killed in battle and David finally becomes anointed. And one of the things that I love about David, is as you read his story, there's highs and lows. There's bits where he gets it right, and there's bits where he absolutely makes a mess of it. And the reason I like that, and you probably know where I'm going here, it's why a load of you are smiling, is because it really relates to me. Because, you know, we are mankind. And we set our hearts on doing something, 
And sometimes <laughs> we get it right, and sometimes we don't. You know? And yet in there all, what happens is there's a gracious God who comes and picks David up time and time. He learns about his father. You know? And there are times where I know where you and I will wrestle with God. Same with David. There are times where we feel disappointed because things haven't gone our way. And David chooses to trust and go on with God. There are times where everything seems barren and, and there's no light. There's no way. And then God makes a way in David's story. And the same God will do exactly the same for you and I. And that's why we relate to this story. And, and like David, we've received grace from God because we don't get what we deserve. We get something totally different. And then, if we fast track to Acts chapter 13, I'm going to read you Acts 13 verse 22 onwards. And this is what is written about David. And again, a load of you will know it, but it's always good to read the word of God afresh and remind ourselves of it. So Acts 13, picking up at verse 22, says, says this. After removing Saul, he, God, made David their king. God testified concerning him. So God says this about David. I have found David, son of Jesse, which is good because Jesse didn't know he was his son, so it's good that God did. <laughs> you know, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That he is set apart as being a man after God's own heart. And again, if we now go back to Psalm 139, we're going to pull this, pull this apart with that in, 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 in the background. Because this is one who God speaks of and affirms and said he's good. And, we, and if we see David, therefore, pouring forth his heart, there's probably a good clue that we can link with that and go with that. That's where I'm going to go this morning. So a few of you are nodding. That's good. So let's fly through Psalm 139. And again, I'm fast-tracking, okay? Because we're trying to keep the time, but there's so much here. But verse 1, there's David telling God that God knows him. Yeah, which is huge. The fact that you and I, like David, are known by God. We're not an anomaly. We're not a number. We are known intimately by God. And, 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 and what's stirred from David in that is a respect towards God, a care, a loyalty, a leaning in, a love towards God. You know, he tells God that God is his everything. You know, that you know when I sit and when I wake. You know, that you know my entire life, oh God. Do you know what I mean? You know the words that are going to come out of my tongue. And there's a beautiful acceptance, therefore, that God is God and that David isn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't even know what I'm going to think next. <laughs> but God does. That he's God. We're not. And, and therefore, such, such wisdom is too mighty for me, says David. There should be an amen to that because we cannot grasp things. But we trust in him that does. And David is just beautifully starts by pouring out his heart, dedicating himself towards the purpose of knowing God, of following him closer, of knowing him more and more. He's telling God what he means to him. It's like a deep calling to deep. You know, the building of firm foundations. And we all know that if the foundations are firm, then the house can be built. And so there's a right place for telling God who he is, to you, of the wonders he's done in you, of just laying your heart bare before him, knowing that he knows it all. It's a good place to be, not having any facades. 
having gratitude and affection towards God. And notice, David makes no requests in this psalm. It's huge. It's huge. I, I was challenged. I sat there trying to pray in my room. And time and time again, I kept coming back to asking. <laughs> you know, it's cultural for us that we're conditioned into it. But actually, he sits and he just talks about how God is. And I, I love that. I long for that. I ask that God would do that in us and through us as a people of God central. You know, that, that we can just talk and adore and tell God how great he is. You know, without any agenda. You know, verse 7 says, you know, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Well, that's not a question. It's a statement made up as a question. You know, David knows that he's got nowhere. He's stating the omnipresence of his God. He's saying, God, you are everywhere. The universe is yours, and therefore I want to know you. I want to invest myself. I know I can't get away, but actually that's not my heart. My heart is to draw into you. My heart is to be fixed on you. You know, as I go to school, oh God, my heart is to lean into you. If I go to work, oh God, there, if I'm hanging out with my friends at netball or football club, if I'm going to running club, if I'm hanging out over a barbecue, God, in it all, I trust in you because you know it all. So I'm not going to bother hiding it. My desire, my loyalty, my purpose is to walk with you, to know you, and to just grow in relationship. You know, David's saying very much, I want to go on. You know, there's no point in that psalm as he's saying, do you know what, I'm going to settle here. You know, you know he knows somehow that there is more. You know, it's yearning in there, and we'll get to it. You know, the last bit, lead me in the ways everlasting. You know, he, he understands there's something beyond his time. And for you and I, you know, I loved what Francis brought about, about living for God all of her days. And says, That's the heart, that, that we invest in things that go beyond our time. You know, if there are things that start because of you or I in this town that glorify Jesus, that we never see, to God be the glory. Because it's about his name and his renown. You know, I'm in on investing in the next generation because, because he, God he tells us to until he comes again. You know, I love hanging out with people. Who, you know, it's not about the here and now, although it is. It's about his kingdom coming and we rejoice in that because all is well. You know, I embarrass him. I didn't know he was going to be here today. Marcus, I love hanging out with Marcus because he talks a lot. <laughs> okay? but, but one of the things he talks about is building and investing in people. You know, that, and that's what's key is that we don't, do, we don't invest in someone because we might get a kick. No, we invest so that God's kingdom keeps going. And that's the heart of David here. That, that, you know, that God is going to have his kingdom and he wants to be in on it. That's Jim getting a quick call, text update. West Ham aren't playing today. Um, anyway, no. <laughs> uh, back into it. Verse 19, okay? Verse 19, I'm fast-tracking as I said I would. Verse 19 talks about the loyalty and respect. And I would suspect this is part of David's heart, which is probably what caused him to confront Goliath, okay? If you read them, if only you, God, would slay the wicked... Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? you know, he's talking about those who are anti-God. That's, that's his definition of wicked here. Let's be really clear. okay? Those who speak evil intent on the purposes of our God. And David's heart is just outraged by them. 
You know, it's just a clear outrage. You know, that he considers enemies of God to be his enemies, which comes back to that devotion of unity and loyalty and care and knitting together. That actually, God, your name matters to me. Your name matters. And those who are trying to sully it, those who are deliberately going out of their way to pull down your kingdom, I have a problem with, oh God. You know? And, and I think that's a very healthy position. The ending. I want to get to the ending. Okay? Because the ending is just challenging on a different level. You know? The last verse. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Honestly, not going to do a poll of hands, but that's a bold prayer. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's, not a, that's not a, I'm a little bit iffy. To, that's a, search me, O God, and know my heart. In other words, I know there's stuff that goes on in here that, that this lot don't know about. And actually, God, I'm saying to you, come and search in here. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Doesn't say, no, if there are any anxious thoughts. No, if there's any anxiety. Know my anxious thoughts. In other words, as being part of mankind, we will have worries. And David's really open with it. He's not glossing over it. I've got it all. I'm, I'm now a super king or whatever. You know what I mean? No, have concerns. But know my anxious thoughts, O oh God. I may be wrestling, but I'm trying to wrestle with your kingdom in mind, with your love, with my, with my feet rooted on you. And, you know, uh, rooted in Christ, but I'm still wrestling with stuff. I'm still worried about things. There are still things that are going to come, you know, uh, which, you know, Jesus tells you, you know, why do we worry? You know, we shouldn't, but we do, you know? And so, therefore, we can take the peace. We can take the security of Christ. We bring all that, but we know also that God is not going to be against us for having an anxious or worry. It's the response of bringing it to him bringing it boldly to the cross and saying, God, I don't know why I'm having this. I know you're greater than this. I know my security is in you. And I know I really don't seem to be nailing this one, God. But here I am. Carry me, oh God. Fill me with your spirit. Lead me in your paths, oh God, because I desire to be about your kingdom. This is a battle. I'm feeling it, oh God. Take me and lead me. You know, it's a real thing. And then the last bit, you know, lead me in the way everlasting. You know, I've tried not to stumble, oh God. I've tried not to lose this. But now would you lead me in your way everlasting? What a, what a line. You know, it's like looking at things in an eternal perspective. And I think for myself and maybe some of you, sometimes we can be caught being so temporal that I find myself planning my next day, my next week, my next season, <laughs> and not looking at the way everlasting. <laughs> that I'm going, you know, from meal to meal. I'm like, if I can get to tomorrow night, if I can get through the netball run, the swimming run, <laughs> the planning, the phone call, then God, there may just be, and we all laugh, because it's us, isn't it? And, and, and again, we're not under condemnation, but there's that, lead me in the way everlasting. That actually, God, I'm going to root in you. That, yep, I've got to get through this and this and this, but actually, I want to lift my eyes off that. I just want to fix my eyes on you. I want to say, Jesus, you've won me. My heart is set on you. You are my delight. And so would you take my life and let me live for you? No matter what, I'm committed to living for your glory. 
And they're huge words coming out of David. They're huge words for us. And let's be honest, they're huge words on a Sunday that are going to be twice as big come Monday. Because it's not in the meeting where we're building one another up. It's in the day-to-day life. You know, and it's there where our commitment to God is really threshed out. It's there where we see, you know, David having some of his biggest battles. It's there where I have my biggest battles. You have yours. You know, you know and yet we know that God is going to lead us and forsake us through. That as we submit to his will, he will lead us. He will never forsake us and will move us through. David's bending of the knee and saying to God, basically, come and have your way. <laughs> Obviously echoes of one who would come later who is far greater, who said exactly the same. In Luke chapter 22, we we find Jesus Christ, very God, in the Garden of Gethsemane, on the night he was going to be betrayed. We, We find him there, and this is what it says. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. This is verse 39. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you don't fall into temptation. And he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. (laughs) Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. (laughs) That Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, on a night where he knew what was coming. He knew he was going to be tortured. He knew it would be a gruesome death. He knew that. But he says to God, not my will but yours. There's an echo of David in Psalm 139 here coming out. David being a, a, a type of pointing towards Christ. And if we look back at our earlier definitions, you know, we said prayers to God containing loyalty, care, love and respect and prayers for his kingdom. Well, that's what Jesus is doing there. It's where Jesus is going. But wrapped up in Jesus' prayers, you know, we've got the whole Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son, infused by Holy Spirit, all equal, all in loyalty, all in perfect respect. And, and the prayer Jesus is saying, it's a total commitment of purchasing you and I and everyone else who would bow the knee, knee to Jesus from eternity past to eternity future. It's a kingdom prayer. It's a huge part of God's ultimate prayer plan to come and save a messed up world. And it's not a quick fix. It's Jesus going to battle like David did. Not in the way we would expect. Not with the weapons of this world. But in the power and presence of God. Because he was God. He's winning for us eternal salvation. (laughs) Not just for one moment, not for this, but for eternity. That we are plucked from hell and given the joys of heaven. That Jesus wins you and I on the cross. Not my will, but yours. That he submits perfectly to Father. And David, let's come back to him. It can be said, he had glimpses of glory, didn't he? He had definite revelation. And yet, we, living in 2019, we have the benefit of having Jesus teaching, of having him walk this earth and live amongst us. We have the, 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 the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit of God, living in us as a result of that. That we don't, we don't need to, to, to scrabble around in the dark, so to speak. We have the revelation. 
We have the, the power. We have the motivation. We have the Him in us who will intercede for us when we lose out of words. That when we, when we run out of ways of telling God how great He is, it's the Spirit will come in and intercede for us. Do you know what I mean? You know, when we're talking deep to deep, we should be able to draw on God Himself to tell Him how good He is. You know, one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to be a great big floodlight on Jesus, to illuminate Jesus, to lift us to see him in his majesty and his kingdom, to see the glory and majesty of our God, to see him as truly as King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who was and is and is to come, that we should fix our eyes, we should bow down, adore, be in complete unity with him, that we should, like David, just be able to be blown away by the goodness of God. And we're going to take a moment now as we come in to close where we're just going to fix our eyes on Jesus. Where we're, we're going to sing a song that is called uh, You Have Won Me. And it's got no requests in it. It's got nothing but just talking to God about what he's done and who he is.